It's time for episode 357 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM. Recorded Wednesday, July 29th, 2020. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast that's almost never recorded in front of a live studio audience. And that's the case today. I'm Dan Moore, and I'm joined across this internet by my good friend, my pal, my dungeon buddy, Mr. Micah Sargent. How are you doing, Micah? <laughs> oh, the crowd goes wild. The crowd goes wild. I love the it. The crowd went wild. I'm doing well today, Dan. How about you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing especially good because this is being, of course, the show where we discuss four tech topics with two fantastic guests. We have two fantastic guests. To my left this week, my very good pal, former co-worker over at Macworld and a technology reporter at the Washington Post. You might have heard of it. It's Heather Kelly. Welcome back, Heather. Thanks for inviting me back again and again. I'm not sure why you do it, but thank you. <laughs> you, you have all the dirt on me. That's what it is. <laughs> Oh, Uh, and to my left, someone who has all the dirt on me, as well as the developer of an excellent calculator that you can get on all of the platforms that Apple uh, makes, as well as uh, the developer of a certain dice app. It is the one, the only, the ever cheery James Thompson. Hello, James. I literally was the live studio audience for episode 81. Wow. Oh, yeah. That's a nice. That's a fun fact, everyone. <laughs> uh, all right. Let me kick stuff off today. I saw that Movies Anywhere, which is sort of the big uh, digital locker service that's uh, been launched a few years back, is now the latest to offer a remote watch together feature where you can watch movies with people who are far flung. I'm curious, have any of you used any of these features from any services? Uh, If not, do you see yourself ever using them? Heather? Not yet, and also never, and I'll tell you why. (laughs) (laughs) Like, the worst part of a movie with other people is them talking, and so to seek out a way to make sure a bunch of people can talk while you're watching your movie just seems like the worst idea ever, except for maybe Cat's... If I ever get around to watching it, I might (laughs) find somebody to mock it with me in real time. Little mystery science theater situation. I use this uh, twit on Fridays has been hosting a a little thing called after hours where we just have fun and do some sort of game show or whatever it happens to be that's outside of just normal, you know, tech reporting. And we did one where we watched uh, Netflix's, show with the cats that i can't think of it's not cats uh but it's one with the big cats and the guy with the mullet and all that stuff tiger king um, is that where you're going yes for? <laughs> yes yes tiger little king. show Thank you. little ding, show ding, 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 ding. um and i hated that experience uh in fact my internet ended up going out while we were all watching it and i just you know bowed out and said okay well i'm not gonna come back on um I don't, I don't know. I guess it's because a lot of them are just so clunky and it's difficult to get everybody on the same thing. And you have to use certain browsers, it seems. And, or with Spotify, for example, there's a listen together feature and everybody has to have uh, a paid account. And so there are all these different rules and regulations and limbo poles you have to go under. And it's just, it's complicated. James, what are your thoughts? 
Well, back in the way before times, I did this with a Skype call to a friend and both of us pressing play on a Jackie Chan DVD, I think it was, at the same time. And it was fun, but we did it precisely once. Um, And I think I've reached an age where most of my friends have partners or children uh, and are quite happy to pretend that they want to watch films and TV with them. Um, So, you know, scheduled movie fun with people in other households, especially right now, just sounds kind of tiring. You know, it's lockdown Zoom burnout. Um, Plus, many of my friends are in wildly different time zones and they don't want to watch stuff with me at nine in their morning. So, you know, I don't think I'm exactly the target market for this stuff. I'm right here, James. (laughs) (laughs) Even then, I think it's just a fun novelty and it's not going to replace the increasingly forgotten experience of going to see a film in the (laughs) cinema. Uh, I'm, yeah, I, I don't know that many people who've certainly not made regular use of this. Um, but even like the more than the one-off, I, I haven't really heard much of it. I will say, I feel like in some ways I'm the target audience for this because I do another podcast with my friend Lex Friedman, where we do watch movies via Skype and we've done exactly what James says, which is we just count down and we press play at the same time. And usually it's fine, but I definitely like the idea of something that makes that a little easier. Uh, and also when you're recording a podcast while doing that, if somebody decides, they need to pause and you know go to the bathroom or go deal with something else in their house it gets out of sync very quickly whereas maybe this could offer a little bit more control over that um but you know i I like that it's opening up the ability to do something more social but i i remain a little skeptical of the practicality of it and it seems like everybody else does too so we're all on the same page great uh let's move to our second topic which comes from heather All right. So this is a little on the nose for me today. Right now, I don't know if you're aware, there's this big antitrust hearing taking place over WebEx for some reason. And I, you know, I I have to care because it's important and it's my job and they pay me to care. But I, I often wonder, does anybody actually, real people, do they actually think about it? Do you care about how big these companies are? Does it like influence your buying decisions at all? Are you like, oh no, I can't get another Alexa. I'll have to buy the off-brand Schmalexa or something like that. <laughs> okay, if there was an off-brand Schmalexa, then yeah, I think I would care a little bit more because I'd want that thing. <laughs> but for the most part, I, it it pains me to admit it, Heather, but the fact is, no, day to day, I don't. I don't care. Um, I, I, I want to I wanna care. And I, I want to think that, you know, it's a little bit much that Amazon kind of owns the internet universe and I give them lots of money and Bezos continues to be a billionaire 90,000 times over. Uh, and, you know, the, the concerns that people have brought up with Apple and its app store and all those things. But it, perhaps it's because... I'm also caring about the fact that I could walk outside and die from contracting a horrible disease right now, um, or the fact that I could walk outside and get shot by a police officer or something like that, that gets in the way of me caring about this. So it's just, it just occupies a very, very, very small part of my brain at this point, because there's more uh, bigger things for me to care about, I think. But also, even if there wasn't, I don't think I would care all that much. And I don't know if that makes me a bad person. And now I'm sad. James, it's your turn. Wait, am I supposed to have a life outside of my job? Uh, I think I'm starting to see where I've been going wrong here. Um, 
It's pretty difficult for me to separate the two, though, since the entirety of my income is dependent on Apple's App Store. Um, I have been following the antitrust stuff uh, with interest, including Tim Cook's opening statement, which very politely suggested that I should pray that he does not alter the deal any further. Um, I do consider Apple to be a mostly benevolent empire, though, unlike the others. Um, As a customer, I kind of trust that they're not going to do anything too evil with all my data. Um, I'd really like to give up Facebook, um, but I like Instagram and my friends use WhatsApp. I'd like to give up Twitter, but I think Mastodon has demonstrated that it's not going to go away anytime soon. uh, And I need that for work. I'd like to give up Amazon. But aside from not wanting to go outside like Micah, um, their servers host a vast amount of the Internet. I'd like to give up Google, but I'm not really sure Google would let me. Um, (laughs) I don't think it's possible to completely remove their influence from our lives at this point. Uh, We just need to be aware of the privacy options that are available and kind of minimize contact with them as we can, uh, as if they had some kind of disease. (laughs) If only there were some sort of template for following. Uh, Yeah, I don't... I do think about it, but I think it's much more in sort of an intellectual sense, like, oh, isn't this terrible? Rather than a sense where, like, I'm pressing to have anything done about it. I do think that there are plenty of issues that you can lay at the feet of these technology companies uh, in terms of their behavior and the impacts on the world at large, whether it be Amazon's relationship with its workers or, you know, Apple and others' relationships with the environment. You know, there are cases where these companies work hard to mitigate that as much as possible, but it's also undeniable that there's an impact that they are having. So for me, I, I, I think about it. Do I take a lot of actions that prevent it? I mean, I minimize my presence on Facebook because... I don't really want to use it, but it's not because I'm necessarily super angry about it. It's just because I don't particularly like it. Um, So in general, I think the big issue and the thing that we're all fighting here as a society is the convenience that so many of these big companies have brought to us, whether it be getting packages to your door within two days or having a device that has all of your apps and photos on it or whatever Microsoft does these days. I don't think they were even invited to this. Um, (laughs) Finding things on the internet, you know, all that stuff is things that we've just become very accustomed to. And so is it worse maybe than, than, you know, 50 years ago when there were still some giant companies, but like they just made stuff like aluminum foil or I guess cigarettes? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, of things that people don't think about in their everyday life because they're simply... Uh, you know, I don't want to say just complacent because I think there's a pejorative sense there, but there is a lot of degree of that sort of, this is convenient to me. It's something I don't want to give up. And thus, even though I acknowledge there may be problems with it, at the end of the day, I can't really separate that from my desire for this thing. So um, yeah, humans are great at rationalizing this sort of stuff. (laughs) Heather, wrap us up here. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So some, I go through phases. Sometimes I'll I'll care a lot and I'll try and change like my own personal decisions. At some point during the pandemic, I was like, Heather, you know what? Instead of Amazon, what about that little upstart Target? And I switched to Target. (laughs) And then you realize like your only decisions really are, you know, oh, I I moved from Facebook to Instagram, Dan. Um, And you do these little things that don't really matter. And that's why I was like, oh, maybe if we had a big hearing and really smart people and a functioning government carefully considered the issue and came up with solutions. Um, but we're not in that situation. So I'm, I'm still thinking about it maybe once a month and then going back to Facebook and Instagram. That's good. You said the little calendar reminder. So once a month, it just pings up. Think about big tech corporations. Hmm. 
Exactly. Snooze for another 30 days. All right, that's two topics down, two topics left to go, which of course means it's halftime here at Clockwise. And this week's episode is brought to you by Mint Mobile, the folks who can cut your wireless bill to $15 a month with their futuristic approach to wireless. Mint Mobile sent me a SIM card. I set it up. It was super easy. It took a handful of minutes. All you do is pop the SIM card in. You go to a URL to activate it, restart your phone, and you're basically done. I do lots of things every day that are way more complicated than that, like host a podcast. Uh, The network coverage seems to me to be on par with like the big wireless provider I was using before. And it's a lot cheaper to boot because I was, you know, saving maybe 50 or 60 bucks a month easy. If you're still using one of those big wireless providers this year, have you asked yourself what you're paying for? Between expensive retail stores, inflated prices, and hidden fees, there's ample opportunity to take advantage of paying customers like you. This is where Mint Mobile comes in. They provide the same premium network coverage you're used to, but at a fraction of the cost because everything is online. They save on retail locations and overhead, then pass those savings directly to you, making it easy to cut down your wireless bill to just $15 a month. Every plan comes with unlimited nationwide text and talk, and you can stop paying for unlimited data that you'll never use. Choose between plans with 3, 8, or 12 gigabytes of 4G LTE data. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan. Keep the same phone number along with all your existing contacts. Just ditch your old wireless bill and start saving with Mint Mobile. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com clockwise. That's mintmobile.com slash clockwise. Go over now, cut your wireless bill at 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash clockwise. Our thanks to Mint Mobile for their support of Clockwise and all of Relay FM. All right, halftime has come to an end, which can only mean it is time for Micah Sargent to tell us about his topic. Yes, I am curious. You know, on Instagram, on, on perhaps Facebook, on Amazon, on the entire World Wide Web, there are lots of advertisements. And I'm curious, what's the last thing you actually purchased due to an online ad? James, we'll start with you. So I think I've literally never bought anything through traditional online advertising, like a search ad, promoted tweet or an Instagram post or something like that. I'm now so highly trained after over a quarter century of being online, I just don't even see them anymore. And my computer is now trained to filter out the rest. What I do find that really works well on me is podcast advertising. The host that I trust, giving their authentic personal experiences with a product. Wait, did you just trick me into doing an advert for podcast adverts? <laughs> I love it. It was nice that you did that right after the ad read, too. Thank you, James. Yes, I thought that was a good time. Um, I think I bought uh, Rogue Amoeba's SoundSource app when there was a sponsor spot on Upgrade a while back. Um, But I'm still not buying your suits, Dan. (laughs) (laughs) I don't make them, okay? Let's be clear. not unlike James, I was racking my brain to think of something where it was sometime when I've like clicked on something. I've definitely looked at ad postings in Instagram because they are really tuned to like, you know, find things that you um you you've been looking at elsewhere. Um so like the other day, I think there was something for like uh, you know, like shoe inserts, like orthotic inserts for shoes. And I was just curious. So I like clicked on the ad to watch because they had like a whole video playing in Instagram. And I was like, this is weird. I'm not gonna buy this, but I, I'm mildly interested in it. Um I yeah, I, I like James, I think I either, you know, tend to purchase things more based on podcast ads or cases where there are like independent website providers that have ads which are, you know, independently bought. For example, uh, you know, John Gruber over at Daring Fireball. Um, you know, places like that where it's like, you know, a little more trusted. It's got that voice associated with it as well. But like ads that show up on a random web page and are clearly just served by Google or Amazon or something like that. No, I've never bought anything from any of those. 
Heather? I enjoy Instagram ads. I think they're genius. They tell us a lot about ourselves. For instance, you're getting orthotics ads, Grandpa, and like... (laughs) That's fascinating. This is why we have you on again, Heather. This is why. I um I know I've bought stuff. I can't think exactly what, like home stuff, definitely some clothes. Right now I'm flirting with this black and white throw blanket for the end of my bed that I'll probably I'll probably buy. I cannot think of any other platform I've ever clicked on an ad or bought something through. And I I would love to know what Instagram's secret sauce is. Cause supposedly it's the same as Facebook, but it's not. Yeah. So I'm right there with you. I it's it's Instagram that gets me and it's annoying because it does work. Um, if everyone would like to head to the Google spreadsheet, there is a link to an Instagram post. This is not quite the same as an ad being served up, but there's no way that I could possibly pass up on this. One of my favorite accounts on Instagram, it's called Pun Hub. P-U-N-H-U-B <laughs> online, Pun Hub online, and they have these hilariously stupid puns, and they have created a a mask that I'm pretty sure uh, Starbucks will eventually send a cease and desist order for, but I had to scoop one up before that happened, and the mask says, coffee filter, and it has the Starbucks siren on it, but the Starbucks siren is wearing a mask. And instead of it being coffee filter, C-O-F-F-E-E, it is C-O-U-G-H-Y, coffee filter. And it is a mask for your face. And I ordered one immediately. And I can't wait for it to arrive. I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, so it's Instagram. And that purchase of the coffee filter is what got me uh, wanting to ask if anyone else is uh, convinced by online advertisements. And Amazon is another one that that will advertise on Instagram with some really interesting products. Although today they seemed to think that I would want a bone um, enlarger for <laughs> dental implants and it is quite literally a tool for dentists to enlarge the area uh, where they would install an implant. And I did not know you could even buy those on Amazon. I'm uncomfortable and- with every part of this story. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know why they're advertising it to me, because as far as I know, I'm not a dentist. Let me check my wallet for my dental license. No, no, I'm not a dentist. Uh, all right. Thank you all for your interesting answers on that. Let us go to our final topic, which comes from James. So as always, when I come on this show, I've been thinking about privacy a lot in the last week. Um, what device are you the most suspicious of yet still allow in your home and why? Am I just a tinfoil hat wearing loon? Yes. Next question. Uh, no. <laughs> I... So probably, and this goes kind of well with Heather's question about big, big companies and why you trust them, right? Like I still have an Amazon Echo. Uh, I have two actually, one in my office and there's one in the kitchen. And while there are certainly valid privacy concerns about it, and we've all seen the stories about recordings that were being audited by real people or things that slipped out and accidentally sent the transcripts of recording to other people. Like, I get it. It's totally a legitimate concern. However, I have decided that that is a fine trade-off for the fact that I like the convenience of using many of the features of the Echo. And that's because I use it to, you know, do everything from check the weather forecast and set timers to add stuff to the grocery list. 
um, play around with automations and things like that for work. Um, could I survive without it? Absolutely. It wouldn't be a big, like huge shift for my life to, to shift to using say my phone to, um, you know, set timers or add stuff to my shopping list. But I love the convenience of just having it there and not having to think about where is my phone. Um, and that sort of ubiquitous computing. I think that, that Amazon has really done a great job of nailing that, but it is definitely a trade-off and it's something to be aware of. And it's something that I, I think about, um, and occasionally I, I spend that, I have that once a month, uh, calendar alert, like Heather, where it's like, be worried about, uh, the implications of the privacy of the Amazon echo. Yeah. All right. I'll think about that for a few minutes and then I'll probably just move <laughs> on to the next thing. Yeah. I'm with you on that. It's, it's the always listening microphones in my multiple echoes in the phones that are lying around that I've like enabled. Hey Siri on, did I just turn it on? No. Oh. And it's, it's like part of it is actually kind of helpful for me. So it's a small house and I've been stuck in it with children 24-7 for like 8,000 years. And <laughs> I'll be about to like yell something like, do not pick your nose at the dinner table. And then I imagine like people listening to my Amazon recordings and I think about what kind of parent I want to be. And so I calmly <laughs> say, please don't pick your nose at the dinner table. And it really keeps me in check. And I, and I appreciate that. And um I also like it for timers, of course, and I'm not going to get rid of it. I just like that you're you're treating it like there's like somebody is like surveillance on your house. <laughs> I'm not religious, so it's my it's my little god, you know, on my shoulder. <laughs> um, I yeah, I think we're all going to say echoes, aren't we? Um, I that's the same one. Despite the concern, I have them and in my house. Um, I don't think though that I am as suspicious or or you know concerned i i i know the risk and i have a base level understanding of the privacy policies and what control i do and don't have over that data and i regularly do that that calendar invite that that dan was talking about our calendar entry that dan was talking about mine also is one that says and also go in and uh what is the word? Uh, not augment, but... Um, audit? Yes, thank you. Audit. Thank you. Your privacy and your data. And so then I'll go in on Amazon and delete the recordings that have been saved and that kind of thing. And in fact, Amazon added an option to have them automatically delete every, I think it's three months, six months, or year, or something like that. Um, so I have less of a concern about that. More so these days, I am sort of careful around my webcams. Um, And, and, you know, this comes from a place of, logically speaking, and from everything that I know, no one is gaining access to the webcam, keeping the LED light off, and watching what I'm doing. But I will, during the day, uh, when I'm not using them, I will put the webcam faced away from me or down or what have you. Uh, And the FaceTime camera on my MacBook Pro is forever. First of all, because it's a a crap camera. But second of all, because I don't want it to be able to see me, I just have that one completely covered at all times because I, yeah, it just makes me feel more comfortable. So maybe I am a tin hat or tinfoil hat wearing loon, but an aluminum hat wearing loon, but I uh, have to do what I have to do. James, round us out. So my story starts last week uh, when one of our neighbors 
put an Amazon Ring camera doorbell into the shared building space outside our apartment. Um, and I was not very happy with this because I had to walk past it every time I was leaving or coming back. And it was basically recording the conversations I was having when I did so, including the swear word I uttered when I first saw it on his door. Um, and I will admit, I wrote a full one-page letter to my neighbour, complete with multiple footnotes, explaining my unhappiness at the situation. To his credit, he'd listened to my comments, thanked me for them, and has now removed it. And it wasn't just me, other people in the building were unhappy too. So given that, and given my comments about the evils of Facebook 10 minutes ago, it might surprise you to learn that this week I bought a Facebook device that has a microphone and not one, but four wide-angle cameras on it, and dear listener, I attached it directly to my head. Um, it's one of the Oculus Quest standalone oh. VR headsets and is tremendous fun. Um, it was my pick of the week on the special celebratory 300th episode of a podcast that I don't care to promote here. <laughs> uh, anyway, I like it and I would highly recommend it, but I am also considering a tinfoil carrying case for it to live in. <laughs> that's probably That's probably for the best. Um, what was that podcast again? I'm sorry, I didn't catch it. Uh, I, I can't remember. Uh, All right, fine. It's four topics down. There is just enough time for a bonus topic this week. So let me ask you, given all the events in the world right now, what is your current stress relief activity, Heather? For the first half of the pandemic, it was drinking. And for the <laughs> second half or middle part, because it doesn't have an end of the pandemic, I've switched to... um. Uh, Nike premium workouts at night. They have a little app and it's free and and it takes me so long that it's bedtime and I can't drink. <laughs> I, oh my goodness. I have, I have thoroughly enjoyed having you on, Heather, I have to say. Um, for me, it's... And all of you out there who are about to get this look on your face that's similar to a blobfish, stop it. Because I am doing this without a bunch of people being around and I'm being safe and it's all okay. My partner and I will go to uh, some beaches here in Northern California and no, we're not around a bunch of people. They have been pretty sparse because these Northern California beaches are pretty cold. Uh, but it's just, I, I didn't, I never thought I would be a beach person. I have to tell you. Uh, but it just the the chill in the air and the sound of the ocean and the view is just incredible and very 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 soothing and yeah it's a uh, it's a great way to relieve stress for sure james what about you uh, I was going to say eating, uh, but that's probably a little bit too close to the truth. Uh, so we'll go with virtual reality and eating in virtual reality. Oh. Okay, now now I'm interested. Um, yeah, f like Heather, for the first half, the the drinking and eating in the initial days of the pandemic was pretty good. Uh, but now I've definitely gotten to the point where that isn't sustainable. Weirdly enough, I've started picking up some like programming again, just because it it gives me opportunities to feel like I'm solving problems by doing these things. So I've been using making a lot of shortcuts in iOS and also doing some um, dusting off my old PHP skills and doing some web programming to just solve little things around my website. Because again, it's nice to finish a concrete project and feel like, aha, I solved that problem, as opposed to having all these other problems in life that we can't solve. So 
That's what we've got for you today. We've reached the end of the show. All that remains is for us to thank our wonderful guest this week. Heather Kelly, thank you so much for being here. Anytime, friend. And James Thompson, thanks so much for coming back on. Uh, I approach this podcast with respect and humility, but I make no concession on the facts. (laughs) And Micah, that's all we've got this week. I think we will just have to find other ways to relax until we come back next week. But until then, we remind everybody out there, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody.